friends, welcome back to another podcast. Thanks so much for clicking on this podcast. Wanted to talk about a few things that I couldn't do at 534 pounds and kind of associate it to the thought process of why didn't I do something when I had so many problems before? I mean, obviously I knew there was an issue, but I didn't do anything about it. And I think many of us come to a point where we know we want to turn it around. We know that we want to change, but we just don't. We just don't. Um, I think some of the comments that I see oftentimes is I don't have motivation. I just, I, I get lazy. I just don't feel like it. I know what I need to do, but I don't end up doing it. And um, kind of one of the very first things that comes to mind is I wasn't able to tie my shoes. Now, unable to tie your shoes uh, in the sense that I'm not getting down on one knee. Uh, that that's There's no way I'm doing a lunge at 534 pounds. Um, how I typically got up from the ground was I would... Of course, find something to brace me to allow it to sit down, but I would always have to roll on my stomach, get my two hands to push me up a little bit so I can get one knee. And then from there, one knee, I would rotate my body enough so that the other foot can get down and then I would have to grab onto something just to get up. And so bending down on one knee to tie my shoes, that wasn't happening. Most of the time when I tied my shoes, it was at the edge of a bed, edge of a couch, edge of some sort of um, table. Uh, of course, making sure that that table was sturdy enough that there wasn't the po- uh, potential opportunity for it to break. And now I'm there and I carried most of my weight in my midsection. My stomach carried every ounce, not, not every ounce, but most of my 534 pounds. So it wasn't that I was able to bend over. I wasn't able to just lean over and tie my shoes. I, for the most part, when I did tie my shoes, went through this ex- extensive process of doing it. So here's my quick process. I would sit at the edge of the bed and I knew that I wasn't able to reach to the floor to tie my shoes. I knew that I wasn't able to bring my leg over my knee with ease. So I would actually go through a recliner motion. So imagine going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, getting enough momentum by me having enough momentum. And mind you, let me kind of preface this. I have to have either shorts or pants on. I have to have something that I can grab because I don't have enough to grab my leg, my foot. I just don't have enough. So back and forth, back and forth, swinging one leg up, grabbing one either short leg or pant leg and pretty much holding onto it for dear life. Then I'm grabbing a sock and I'm lassoing it like Indiana Jones. And my thought is, okay, if I'm able to get the top of the sock right around my big toe, then I can move my big toe around and actually slip the sock on, which I became quite good at that. Uh, And then from there, putting on shoes and now tying. I'm going to need both hands for tying my shoes. So I'm holding my pant leg with one hand and I've got one leg free to handle the sock and handle the shoe. So there's no real two hands tying. There is me pre-tying the shoe and slipping it on and digging my heels into the back, just hoping that the lip would come up just so that my shoes would come on. Now that's just for one leg. I've got to do that again on the other leg. And by the time that's all said and done, I am profusely sweating. I've got a little ring around the front portion of my shirt of sweat because of how much work I'm doing just to put on shoes and socks. Now you would have thought, hey, you've got a problem putting on your shoes don't you think you need to turn it around? It's not like I didn't feel like that, but I guess I didn't have a roadmap. I guess I didn't know how. I think that's what kind of, it it reminds me of why 
I think I've gone as extensive as I've gone on my page. Um, because I'm pretty much doing this when I've got uh, some free time, I'm trying to put out as extensive of information as possible. Uh, or I, I'm trying to word this right. I'm trying to put as much information out there on the possibilities of starting because all of us have a different start starting point. Some of you might not have the issue of tying your shoes. Some of you might not even be able to do what I did. We all have different starting points. So if I can put a variety of information out there on how to potentially start the journey, then, then that's essentially what my page on Instagram, TikTok, wherever I am on social media, that's what it's all about. Now, I knew there was a problem. I knew I needed to do something about it, but I didn't do it. And when I talked about there's no roadmap, I mean, isn't that with anything that you want to do? You know, I've uh, really been passionate with sharing my journey online. Well, coming from a 500 pound guy who wasn't really social, wasn't really online too much, to all of a sudden now running an Instagram and, you know, putting out this, putting out that, I have no idea what I'm doing. And starting, if you scroll back, and I, I know some of you have mentioned that you scroll all the way back to the very beginning, I've archived a lot of my old posts. Just because you can archive it, mean it's still there, but only I can see it. Because I don't know what I was doing uh, with hashtags and posting. I didn't know how to split a screen for before and afters. I I didn't know a lot of what I'm able to put out there now. And that's essentially what the weight loss journey is. That's essentially what all of us come to, and where I was at with not being able to tie my shoes. I didn't know what to do. I knew that I had to reduce my calories. I knew that I had to stay on a protein focus. It's not like I didn't know that before, but here's my thought going into it. I'm going to the store. I need to focus on protein. Why do I have such a problem with labels and why do I talk about it in my stories is because when something says protein pancakes, when something says a protein shake and then there's 50 grams of sugar and 75 grams of carbs, with me having a good intention of wanting to prioritize protein and, and put that first, I'm going after it yet I'm not helping or I'm not doing anything about my weight or stepping in the right direction because of all these additives that I didn't know about. Mind you, you know, I've grown up big my entire life. My thought is going into a diet is I've got to have salad. I've got to have salad that doesn't have any dressing. It's got to taste nasty and disgusting. But as long as I hold on, like, it's almost like, are you willing to endure? Like, have you thought about maybe a pain that you have coming up or something that you might think about going to the doctor and getting shots? You know you're going to get a shot, and so you're kind of getting ready. You're preparing for the pain, but you know that if eventually you're just able to grimace your teeth, especially if you don't like needles. I'm not really a needle guy myself, but if you don't like needles, you just grimace through that quick moment of pain. You know it's going to get over. You know it's going to be done, and that's it. And the weight loss journey, it's a lot like that. You know it's going to be torturous. You know it's going to be painful. I've got to eat these dry, nasty salads for a long period of time. I'm not going to enjoy it. I'm going to hate what I'm doing. It's it's just going to be torture. And so your mindset going into it is if I'm able to hold on long enough, maybe I can lose enough weight where it's just going to stay off. And that's pretty much the reason why I got the 534 pounds. It's because that improper mentality of thinking that I can all of a sudden just stick it through the torturous moments and all of a sudden it just turn itself around. It, it just, it, that's not reality. That That's just not the reality. So I couldn't tie my shoes, but I wanted to do something about it. 
it was more work to do something about it. And this is kind of the main point to everything. It was more work to plan, strategize, put it together that I, I came to so many points to where I don't care. Like, I don't want to go through this torturous time of food and prepping. I just, I want to enjoy food. I like the way this tastes. And for me, I was a serial offender of everything that was bread. Bread was like, there was this jalapeno cheese bread at the store. It was fluffy and I'm not trying to trigger anybody, but it was just fluffy and just the cheese and the bread. Well, I would not just have a slice. I'd have the whole bread, like the whole loaf. And so I'm doing things like that. But at the same time, I'm uh, a fast food kind of junkie. Fast food was uh, easy. I could just pull into the drive-through. No one had to look at me. I didn't have to walk into the store. I could just stay in my car, you know, get a bunch of food, uh, eat in my car, eat at home in my own comfort and not worry about it. it it's almost like I, um, I really rationalized the fact that I felt good eating the way I wanted to and doing what I was doing that going on any type of diet while it was like, okay, it's going to be worth it. It wasn't a reality for me. And I think about kind of my eating habits now. I don't go hungry. I don't, oh my gosh, I'm just, I'm still on this weight loss journey or I'm now 217 pounds and I just don't eat anymore. I just don't eat. No, I eat a lot. I have 28 to 2,800 to 3,000 calories. If you think about your standard meal, it's about four to 500 calories. I mean, I, I'm, I'm eating quite a bit throughout the day. I'm not starving, but it's that knowledge point or that knowledge base of what to eat and what to do. And a lot of what to do has um, to do with you know, tracking, which I talk about, uh, meal prepping, which I talk about, finding the foods that are higher in protein, lower in sugar, lower in carbs. Uh, me, myself, I've always talked about a higher protein, low carb journey. Uh, just because protein has always shown in studies to keep you satiated or fuller longer. So I've always stuck to that. Uh, a lower carb intake, um, that, that's historically, if you're looking to lose weight, a lower carb intake um, is, uh, that's essentially your fuel. You know, you're taking in carbohydrates, your body is converting it, it's using it for fuel. If you're not utilizing that fuel, it's pretty much staying right where it's at. That's typically how we become insulin resistant and we gain weight because we just don't simply do with what we're taking in and so did i know i had a problem at 534 pounds not being able to tie my shoes i did um did i want to do something about it i did but did i no time and time again i did not just because it was so it was perceived so difficult to do uh i couldn't shower properly i couldn't uh, perform proper hygiene um i, I couldn't I, I mean, the, the, the very thought of, of will that chair snap if I sit on it? And if that chair snaps when I sit on it, what are people going to say? Are people looking at me? Think about how much time I'm using my mind, my mental space to care about the things that I'm doing, the people that are around, the p things that people are thinking. I'm worried about three, three, three things right there. You know, will that chair break? What will people say if it breaks? And are people looking at me? Those three things are occupying my mind. I'm stressed out. I'm worried. Um, I'm already sweating. I'm already tired. I'm already overweight. I'm, I'm overwhelmed by all of these emotions and these thoughts and all these things going on in my mind. And of course, I wanted to do something about it. Of course, there were so many present arguments on doing something about it. But it was my, it was my desire for comfort that outweighed my why 
And I, I think that's this is probably a good segment into the why. You know, why you go on your journey. If you're getting into a why that isn't strong enough, it isn't going to last. Um, it, you could say, oh, my why is my family. Okay, well, do you have, how important is it for you to be healthy for your family? How, how I mean, deep down, how do you have a selfish side of you that says, you know what, I am going to do this um, and I'm going to do this for my family, but if I don't end up doing it, they're going to have to love me anyway. Kind of almost as a, a resentment statement or they're going to have to love me anyway, even if I don't do it. Like having that mentality going in obviously isn't going to allow you to be successful long term. It's going into the family or I am responsible for my kids. I'm responsible for being a good guidance for my nephews and for my nieces. I'm responsible for that. And as a someone who's responsible for that, I need to do something about it. And I need to take care of my health so I can be around for my kids and be around for my nephew and my nieces. I need to do that. That's something I'm responsible for. Now, are there you know, fatherless, motherless kids out there? Absolutely, because somebody didn't feel that it was their responsibility to, to do something that in reality was their responsibility. So maybe you're at that point where it is your responsibility to take care of yourself for your kids and for your family, but you're taking that selfish stance of, well, I'm I'm just going to do my thing. Well, I, I didn't I didn't sign up for it. You did, and you've got to do it for your family. You've got to do it, and not only for your family. I mean, first of all, it should be for yourself, because if it's not for yourself and it's just for other people, well, other people are going to fail you. Other people are going to not meet your expectations. And so when they don't, then all of a sudden you're not going to meet your expectations of taking care of yourself on your health journey. So the first start of everything should be doing it for yourself. Do you really want to go through the guilt cycle? Do you really want to go through the time and time again questions of, I want to do this. I want to take care of myself. Uh, How do I do it? I mean, it's a constant rotating cycle. It's a guilt cycle of, yes, I want to do it. Oh, I didn't meet up to my expectations. I'm quitting. I feel bad that I'm quitting. Oh, well, I'll forget about it six months later. Get back on that cycle. It's like, uh, you've got to do it for you and be tired of that. I, I, w- I was, I am tired of going through that cycle. And so I had to push through and say, this has got to be the last time. I uh, had somebody message me the other day, you know, what keeps you motivated? Uh, a lot of what keeps you motivated is memories of being 534 pounds but also the memory of going through that guilt cycle. And, you know, you're not always going to be motivated. I'd say 95% of my journey, I was not motivated. Um, It wasn't just like this huge triumphant sound of what to do, but it was just simply discipline that I have to do this. I have to do this. And a lot of it came down to, I mean, I talk about motivation not being there 95%. I'm talking about the outside world, not motivating me to do something. 95% 95% of my journey was me self-motivating myself, was me self like, I, I have to do this. I might not know what I'm doing, but I've got to try. You know what? I had a slip up. I had a, a stall. I had this. I had, I've got to keep going. I've got, I don't know how many times I've self-talked myself through things. Um, my wife is a great example. When she goes on the Stairmaster, she wasn't really on the Stairmaster uh, too much. Uh, the entire time that we were married, it wasn't like we had steady times in the, the gym to where it was something that she loved. It was something to where she started going um, during my journey and she started loving the Stairmaster and the results. Well, one thing that she told me is, you know, really the way I get through the tough times on the Stairmaster is I can do one more minute of this. 
I can do one more minute. Uh, she knew that she had 500 more steps. Okay, I can do 500 more steps of this. I can do 500. Got down to four. I can do 400 more steps of this. It's that determination to focus on the task at hand and motivating yourself through it. I've got to stay consistent. No, I've got. To, I have to do this. Uh, if I go to a party and there's cupcake and, and and cake and all this stuff, like it's not hard for me to resist it because I already have it determined in my mind that no. I'm not, no, I'm not deterring away from my plan. I have to do this. And so if you needed a podcast, you needed a sign, you needed somebody that was 500 pounds to tell you that if you're not in the best optimal health to take care of your family, to take care of yourself, to thrive and be around longer, you have to do something about it. Not as a forcible, uh, you must do this, but it's, it's worth it. It's worth the time that you're going to put in to take care of yourself. You're taking care of not only your internal organs, your heart, but you're taking care of just generic things in life. And the fact that if you want to go skydiving, I've wanted to go skydiving, but I've kind of drifted away from that thought. But if there's something that you want to do, don't you want to be able to go and do that without the hesitation of, oh, maybe I can't? Don't you want to walk into a room and not worry about if that chair will fit? What will people say if it falls? And what are people thinking of me right now? Like, I'm tired. I was tired of that. I wanted to disappear when I walked into a room and I felt, and I remember that first time feeling that at Disneyland where I, I walked amongst the crowd and it felt like everyone was looking past me. And I'd gone to Disneyland before where everyone was looking at me because of my weight, but it finally felt like people were looking past me. And I, I can't explain to you that feeling. It's almost like, um, I, I don't know, it, it's like working a long job or a tough job and then all of a sudden seeing the paycheck afterwards and it's a nice paycheck it's like that relief like okay i got paid for my hard work i mean it was so rewarding disappearing it's crazy to say it's so rewarding to disappear but that's exactly what it was for me it was rewarding to disappear in the midst of a group in the midst of a crowd because i was so much the cause of attention for so long so wanted to encourage you on this podcast today um to know that I had plenty of, and I talked about one, but I had plenty of things that I couldn't do, like tie my shoes, uh, plenty of things I couldn't do, like just walk into a room and not worry about if the chair would fit me and, and what were people thinking. There were plenty of things that I couldn't do. And yes, I wanted to do something about it, but it was so unclear and so gray and blurry on what to do next that, that I never did that. I didn't grasp onto the mentality of I have to do something. And you know where I am now, I don't sacrifice eating. I eat, but I understand what's in my food. That happens because I tracked. I tracked my calories. I found out what was in my food. I utilized Carb Manager, MyFitnessPal, as resources of what's in my food. How do I stay at my caloric limit for the day? Focus on a higher protein, low-carb diet, and just continue to stay consistent. Educating myself on food labels and and food. um, If something says no sugar, well, is there another form of sugar? Um, if there is something that says no sugar, well, is it higher in carbs and, and that's sacrifice or that's, you know, filling in the, the lack of sugars. It's educating yourself on food and food labels. What's good. What's not researching. You've got to take the time to do that because in the end, you'll know that stuff after spending some time learning it and it'll help you for the long term. If you continue to just go with the short, quick answer of this diet's going to fix things. It's not. 
because that diet doesn't provide education on the food, it just provides education to stick on that diet. And oftentimes it's associated with a paid program that you're going to continue to have to pay over, over and over and over again. If you educate yourself on food, it doesn't matter what diet that you're on, you're going to know across the board what makes up every single diet and why it's successful. So I'm hoping this encourages you. I'm hoping this helps. Uh, future podcasts are going to dive into you know, deeper things uh, like this and the mental health side and kind of overcoming these obstacles. And hopefully I can be here along the way to help support and help um, be here for your journey. If you have any questions, feel free to shoot me a message on DM uh, via DM on Instagram. I'm usually pretty active and responsive on there. If at any time you want to support the podcast, you're more than welcome to. They have subscription models from 99 cents a month, 4.99 or 9.99 a month. And it's simply a reoccurring monthly subscription. Uh, I myself signed up for my own podcast to see what it was like. I signed up for the 99 cents a month. And for me, it, it it's something to where I can understand the process a little bit more of what it looks like. But if I can provide value with, you know, five to 10 podcasts a month and you were able to support this journey with five bucks a month, I, I would be so grateful. If not, you're more than welcome to listen to it. I will put these out uh, regardless because I'm in the interest of helping the community and helping anyone that was where I was at mentally and physically and help them potentially be the best person that they can. So thank you for listening to this podcast and I will see you on the next one. Take care.